Hello pod people, Adam here with Traveling with the Mouse. Just wanted to mention at the top of the show that we have a giveaway going on right now for a free Traveling with the Mouse water bottle. All you have to do is go to travelingwiththemouse.com slash giveaway, enter to win, and you could be chosen. Now on with the show. Coming up today on the show, we are going to recap the historic day of Parkology Challenge. That's coming up next on Traveling with the Mouse. Welcome everybody to this episode of Traveling with the Mouse. My name is Adam and I am joined by John. Hey Adam, how's it going? And Jason. Hello everyone. So we're our archaeology expert is joining us on this episode as we break down a very historic day, I would say, for the challenge. But I would say more en- enthusiast at this point than expert, right? I mean, Yeah, I don't know if I can be an expert <laughs> until we complete. Okay, well, all right, fair enough. But we are going to complete, so just a matter of We're when. We're going to complete. <laughs> it's a matter of when, not if. It's in our blood now. <laughs> yep. So it will happen. So to break down this historic day, first completion since December of last year, and yep. there were two, but one was very significant, and we'll talk about that a little bit later, but we've teased it on the last few episodes, talking about the oxygen-free archaeology challenge that was just uh, sort of announced and already completed, <laughs> which is surprising. But Jason, why don't you uh, break down for us the challengers that did it that yeah. day. So uh, we're breaking down April 24th, which was a Wednesday, and there were three official challengers on that day, or at least three that I, I know about that, that made significant progress. The first one that we'll mention is Nick Miller, who ran the challenge but did not take advantage of the extra magic hours, and we will see that he came up just a bit short but still made a very good run. We also had... MW Disney fan, which is the Twitter handle. I've watched run before a few times, always does pretty well, ended up completing. And then we had uh, the Twitter handles famed naturalist and epic Disney. These are both people that we've uh, watched before. Famed naturalist is the Twitter handle for Shane Lindsay, who is one of the co-founders of the Parkeology challenge. This duo Shane and Christina from Epic Disney ran the Oxygen Free Challenge, uh, where they attempted the challenge without any fast passes whatsoever. Not even pre-planned fast passes, no day of fast passes, standby lines only. Wow. Yeah, that's very impressive to, to just complete it on a day. I mean, given they had 18 hours, but even completing it with fast passes is still pretty difficult but to do it without that's just epic yeah when they announced it they were sort of teasing we're going to do something special i read about it there were people after the day was over who said you know i thought maybe 40 would be an achievement other people said you know 30 but um as we'll see and as we'll break down they pulled it off they completed 46 rides in uh in 18 hours with no, with no fast, fast pass. pass and no oxygen. <laughs> yeah. No oxygen, oxygen left. They probably didn't have any at the end of the day, but... 
Yeah. So, I mean, these were really good challengers. There were a lot of people watching because, you know, we had former completionists. We also had a co-founder and we had the twist of the uh, oxygen free. I guess the, the first thing to talk about is why April 24th? Yeah. Most of the spring breaks are over. Yeah. It's in the middle of the week. Wednesday is typically the extra magic hours for Magic Kingdom. And there were basically three things in my mind that made this a really good day. And I'd be interested to hear if you guys had other thoughts too. But the three things I thought was that extra magic hours at Magic Kingdom went until 2 a.m. So, you know, recently the EMH has been 12 a.m., 1 a.m. This went all the way to 2. Also, second factor is Magic Kingdom was open earlier than the other parks, opening up at 8 a.m., so it allowed for the double rope drop possibility. Rope drop Magic Kingdom and get your Main Street vehicles done, and then rope drop something else. And the other thing that we're going to see had a big, big impact that you wouldn't think, but had a big impact on the Oxygen Free Challenge, was that Animal Kingdom closed at 9.30 p.m., which is a much later closing time than it usually is. It was sort of a weird closing time as well. Yeah. And we just said this in the last episode, and even last year this rang true with John's brother and talking about his trip. Around this time, it was late April, it seems like this post-spring break, pre-summer season of maybe the last few weeks of April, early May, before Memorial Day, tends to be a really great time these days. It's almost like September used to be. I think this is a great time to go and have that much time during the day, I think was fantastic for. I wish we could have done a run that day too, actually, because we definitely would have completed. But Yeah, I mean, there were three more hours than what we did on our day. <laughs> right. One additional ride. So since we ran, when we last sort of talked about this in depth, Kali River Rapids is now open. Yep. That adds another wrinkle into uh, Animal Kingdom. But 18 hours, if we had that much time, I think we would have definitely finished. For sure. But I think that's why the hours play such a big part into how hard or easy this is going to be. And also, I think what we just talked about is it's which hours you get. I mean, 18 hours where you go until 2 a.m., that helps. And also having some earlier hours, too. I mean, having those hours on the ends makes a big difference. Yeah. And also the crowds. I mean, we looked at touring plans. They had predicted fives and sixes and even a seven for Epcot, but it actually turned out to be lower crowds than even they expected. Magic Kingdom, let's see, was a five instead of a six. Epcot was a four instead of a seven. Hollywood Studios was actually a five. It was a little higher than they thought. It, they thought it would be a four, but Animal Kingdom was a four instead of a seven, so mostly crowds were lower than predicted as well, so that, that definitely played a role. If you're going to try to ride everything without a fast pass, I mean, you want Animal Kingdom to be a four or lower because <laughs> yeah. you're going to be standing in line for Flight of Passage. Yeah, and of course, on a lot of days, it's Kilimanjaro and Kali River Rapids get high, and so does Everest at times, so Dinosaur can even get, get high on a busier day. So I'm kind of surprised still at the how late the hours were at Magic Kingdom for this time of year. Because, I mean, that's like middle of the summer... Extra magic hours. I don't, I just what made them decide or think that hey, it was going to be necessary on this day. I mean, I yeah. don't get it. 
On a low crowd day, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I wish they would do it more often. There's lots of rumors floating around out there that they're going to end this for good. I'm hopeful that they just aren't going to do it in the fall where they're going to have these super late magic hours. But yeah, the 2 a.m.s are, they're a lot of fun. Not just for the challenge, but, you know, especially if it's like your last park day, just see how late you can go, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, oh, I think based on Adam and I discussing it, um, they're going to have them. They're just going to be uh, a fee. <laughs> it's going to be a paid event. I feel like the all-included hours are going to be what goes away. In the well, I'm, ass- I'm assuming they're going to have super late magic hours for Hollywood Studios for a while. Yeah. Uh, After Galaxy's Edge, but... yeah, they will. Uh, I don't know about super late. It'll probably be like 11, like it was with Animal Kingdom. Extra That's two what hours. Kingdom was for a while. Anyways, we digress. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so this was a perfect day. Several people talked about, you know, especially uh, the oxygen free runners that they had sort of been waiting for this kind of day, and they're not sure if this kind of day is ever going to pop up again. Because right. are you going to get these kind of hours before Galaxy's Edge opens again? Who knows? With this kind of crowd level, this was probably the last and best chance and really the first and only chance that anybody's ever tried it so i think what we saw then may never happen again perhaps yeah unless this summer maybe they extend some hours and have a special 2 a.m sometime in july but i think the weather is going to play more of a role in the summer you're going to have more thunderstorms so hmm yeah you're right i think this may be the last time yeah it's special yeah i think what we're going to do is we're going down each of these runs, and we're going to start with the one that had the shortest hours, and we're going to work our way up. So okay. the, the first guy was was Nick Miller that we're going to break down. Yeah. As I said, 8 a.m. was when Magic Kingdom opened. 9 a.m. was when everything else opened. So just keep that in mind. Nick Miller started out at Magic Kingdom at 8 o'clock in the morning at Rope Drop, and did three rides there, Seven Doors Mine Train, Peter Pan's Flight, and Main Street Vehicles, leaving there around 8.30 and hopping over for trying to get Rope Drop at Hollywood Studios. When he arrived there, he started not with Slinky Dog, but with Midway Mania, rode a Rock and Roller Coaster, Tower of Terror with a Fast Pass, Star Tours, Slinky Dog, and then Alien Swirling Saucers. Mm. So he did a little bit over two hours there. And then he hopped to Animal Kingdom, where he did everything at Animal Kingdom, almost did the Holy Grail. The only thing he didn't do a Fast Pass for was Triceratops Spin, so I guess that is considered a Holy Grail, since there is no Fast Pass. He did, you know, the Kilimanjaro, Navi River Journey, Avatar, Kali, everything there, all in a row, no jumping, and still made it back in time to Tom Sawyer Island Rocks at 4.17 p.m., Liberty Square Riverboat at 4.32 p.m., then hopped to Epcot and did everything at Epcot using three fast passes there, one for Soren, one for the Seas, and one for Frozen Ever After. Completing Epcot at 7.53 p.m., hopping back to Magic Kingdom, riding Space Mountain at 8.40 p.m. That was his 29th ride. He was trying to get to 46, and he did not get the extra magic hours. He did not buy the hotel room for the night. And got to 43 rides at 11.52 p.m. riding Space Ranger Spin. So the rides he did not complete were Astro Orbiter, Big Thunder Mountain, and Carousel of Progress. Hmm. So that was Nick Miller's run, which was a really, really good run. 
I mean, three rides to go. Had he had the extra magic hours, he would have had two hours to get them done. Yeah, yeah he probably would have beaten the uh, time that uh, Epic Disney put up. Disney MW, you mean, I think. I mean, Disney MW, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah, he, yeah, he totally would have. By, by like an hour and a half. But yeah. I wonder, it says he... He got on, I guess that was the time he got on Space Ranger Spin. Maybe he didn't have time to do Astro, at least get in line for Astro Orbiter before midnight. I'm trying to think. Yeah. It seems like he would I mean, that's how it's reported on the, the app yeah. that uh, that came in. That's not always exactly the case. We could pull up his Twitter to try to see yeah, I was just uh, curious. exactly when that one was tagged, too. Oh, I see. He got emergency stopped on Buzz. Oh, okay. So that's what killed his night there he probably could have gotten one more in had that not happened and at least gotten astro orbiter done or carousel of progress i guess but it was, was still running so that's that's why he I couldn't was, get that one. yeah i was going to ask was carousel of progress open at that or i guess it was this time yeah it, may it have was been. open pretty late one team waited late got it done early. but yeah he i guess he figured he wasn't going to finish so he wanted to rack up ride count right okay. and that makes sense yeah Wow. So, I mean, it's a great run, though. Overall, he would have had a really short time had he had the extra two hours. So, a few things I noticed. Going back to his start, 8 a.m., he walks in the door. He goes straight to Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. What are our thoughts there? Because we're going to see the other two teams did not do Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. They went straight to Main Street Vehicles to start the day. So, rope dropping Seven Dwarfs Mine Train rather than saving it for much later in the night. Just based on what I see, I don't think getting the mine train early is doesn't seem to be as important as getting something like Main Street Vehicles. And his flight would have been okay if you'd have just rope dropped it, really. Well, so here's the thing. Peter Pan's flight gets on at 8.17 a.m. So he basically got both of those done with no weight and got on Main Street Vehicles at 8.27. I mean, I thought that was an interesting strategy. It was different. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I mean, look yeah. at the pace he was setting. It was really yeah. good. I like yeah. that move because you really have two choices to end your night at Magic Kingdom, I think, and that's Seven Dwarfs Mine Train or Astro Orbiter. And I like because there's no fast pass for Astro Orbiter. I think that's a good one to end on. And because Seven Dwarfs Mine Train wait time will never really go down below an hour, it's good to get that one out of the way first. So I think it's a well, good strategy. I liked it. I would like to point out, too, that the 8.05 time that's posted there, he had to be definitely within the first 100 people, probably the first 50, mm-hmm. <laughs> to get that time. Yeah. He, was probably, he had to have gone right over there and gone straight in. And then... Yeah. But I'm saying he had to have been literally at the very front of this line to have that kind of time. That's what you got to do. I mean, I, I, I and then jump right off and get on Peter Pan before the line gets heavy there. I think that's... Smart move. Get those two out of the way. Oh, it works so tr- if, if, if you're in that first group. I'm trying to scroll back and see because it looks like he, he did his, his Main Street vehicles and then he did a hop to Hollywood Studios and he he did not enter Hollywood Studios until 9.03 a.m. Yeah. So he didn't make rope drop. So he said right. he made record time over, but uh, the Slinky Dog line was way too long. So... Rather than getting to Rope Drop Slinky Dog, he went straight to Midway Mania, which you, you think could potentially hurt the run. But 
he still completes Hollywood Studios in two hours and five minutes. Yeah, that's that's this is the confusing part to me. Maybe you can find this on his Twitter. So he he skipped Slinky Dog because he didn't make it in time. Which you know that that's an interesting thought. Is could you make it in time? I don't see how you could trim any more time off of this doing Seven Dwarfs Mine Train, Peter Pan, and Main Street vehicles and still make Road Drop at Hollywood Studios. I think that's the one problem there. I don't see how that's possible. But the other thing is. He did Star Tours at 10.20, and then before 11 a.m., he did Slinky Dog? Like, how did he do that without a fast pass? Yeah, so he got in line for Slinky Dog, and he stood by because he had pulled... Saucers? Alien Swirling Saucers fast pass, and it, he was waiting in line for Slinky because uh, the, the kink that was in everybody's run was that morning everybody did run and rope drop Hollywood Studios or as close as possible. And Alien Swirling Saucers was down for the first part of the morning. It uh, came back up around 11 o'clock. Wow. Uh, okay. And so it, he was able to get it done. But yeah, he, he got a very short wait time on that Slinky Dog, which when I was looking back at this run and studying it, I was like, wow, that is a great jump there. That was a very short yeah, standby line because he did not use a fast break. pass. Yeah, because he was yep. on Star Tours at 10.20 and on Slinky Dog at 10.58. That's no wait at all for Slinky Dog. It's crazy. pretty good timing somehow. Yeah. That's crazy I mean, short. I mean, if you, as we'll see with the oxygen-free run, if you have enough knowledge, there are there are lulls in the yeah. wait times. Yeah, sure. And are. if you hit it just right. Right. Yeah, it seems like there's the rope drop rush and then maybe it sort of slows down a little bit after the the crowd kind of is already in the park maybe there's that lull there sometimes i'm interested in the rock and roller coaster one because it doesn't specify that it was single rider he just went straight on like straight up uh, it, I, it's got to be single rider i mean he was by himself so well i mean usually be. like well let's just look at evidence uh, Everest says SR for single yeah. rider. Test track roller, does too. Rollercoaster doesn't. Yeah, test track. He, he did not saying. write single rider on his Twitter, but it's also not required that you specify. Uh, okay. If you're running by yourself. Hmm. Interesting. I would like to know if he did though. Surely, I mean, you would think. Surely he had to, but. Yeah, I would think you'd have to. I mean, that was also mm, 40 minutes after rope drop. Yeah. Wonder what the wait time is there. Yeah, I would think. I would think for single rider though wouldn't be as bad. So maybe, I'm sure he did that. He had to have. So his Hollywood Studios, he didn't rope drop, but he still had that low slinky dog weight. He was lucky getting on Alien Swirling Saucers. Gets on an eleven eighteen. He is able to pull a fast pass for Kilimanjaro Safaris, and he is on that at twelve fourteen p.m. So we're now at Animal Kingdom. So just just for reference, he completes from the twelve fourteen p.m. getting on Kilimanjaro Safaris. To his last ride that he gets on, 3.21 p.m. Triceratops Spin. So that is a little over three hours at Animal Kingdom. Wow. Yeah, that's impressive. For comparison, on our run day, from our first ride to our last ride was two and a half hours. But we didn't have to do Kali. Yeah. Yeah. So pretty good. Yeah, and I I think, you know, if we had just gone that strategy and rope dropped... And then did some fast passes after that. I think we could have done it a lot shorter time. 
because we rope dropped Flight of Passage, but that's still impressive. I yeah, I mean, Kali adds some significant time. It's not a yeah, short ride. It does, yeah. I get a feeling the fast pass availability was probably aided by the fact that the day was unexpectedly a four. Yeah, definitely. I think that was, that was definitely the case, I think. Yeah, wow. I mean, he... He had a good sequence there. Kilimanjaro, Navi, Avatar, Kali, Expedition. I mean, he did also get to bundle Dino Land together. It looks like he didn't have to crisscross the park too much. That helps. Yeah. The fact that you can pull back-to-back fast passes for Navi River Journey and Flight of Passage, that's, yeah, that's a low crowd there. Yeah. That was a well-done Animal Kingdom. He is the first one back for Tom Sawyer Island rafts of the crews that we are uh, going to talk about today. Uh, well, I, I take that back. He was not the first one back. He's the first one back that did that did Animal Kingdom before he jumped back. Oh, I so see. he went. He did Animal Kingdom, and he so he was setting a really good pace. Four seventeen p.m. is a really good time to be jumping back for Tom Sawyer Island rafts with two parks complete. Yeah, that's impressive. By the way, I know this is backtracking just a little bit. The Rock and Roller Coaster at 9.38 a.m., right? I went back and looked at the data for that day on touring plans. And the observed wait times at approximately 9.23 a.m. was right at a half hour. And that was in general. But as early as 9.16, though, or as late as 9.16, it's only 10 minutes observed. So I don't know at what point in there he actually got in line, but we know he was on the ride at 9.38. Interesting. What about Slinky Dog, For by the way? Can you see around 11 a.m.? Uh, <laughs> what, what is it? Yeah, you can. It says adjusted predictions. Actual weight is the green, so... Yeah, it's showing around that time that it should have been... There were some reported 60-minute waits around that time. So yeah. uh, that... I don't know how he know. got through that so fast. Yeah, observed it says 90 minutes here, so that's wow. I don't know, that's puzzling. Hmm. Compare yeah. that to what they thought it was going to be. They thought it would, they predicted 160 minutes, yep. by the way. So, it was way under. It hmm. says the actual though was right there in the green, so probably still short of what they thought. But still, that's still over an hour most likely, or right at it. Wow. And he got through in like twenty minutes because if he if he was on Star Tours at ten twenty, you still gotta walk across the park too after riding yeah. Star Tours. Yeah, I don't know. Something doesn't quite add up there, but it's you like know. twenty minute wait. Uh, it's like the fastest. Well, you get if to you're it. if you're listening, Nick, tweet at us and tell us what you did and how you got that done. Yeah, there you okay. go. Because that's impressive. Or. You know, you snuck in the fast pass line. Well, like I said, looking at the... I mean, I know the data's not... I mean, there's just so much data here. I know it's not absolutely right. perfect, so maybe there was a gap in here that we can't see. So That that stood out as a very fortunate break, whatever whatever happened there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so we, we were back at Magic Kingdom where we did the Island Rafts and the Liberty Square Riverboat. Yeah. Got those things that are going to close early done. We're back at Epcot at 5.36 p.m., Epcot was a two and a half hour Epcot, which is pretty good. Yeah. Um, there's nothing wrong with a two and a half hour Epcot from 5:36 to 7:53 p.m. Uh, you got the important fast pass in Frozen Ever After and uh, Soaring Around the World, 
You also got single rider on test track without too much of a weight at all. It was a well done Epcot and you're out the door. Yeah, that's another one I'm curious about is 6.55 p.m. Mission Space and 7.05, 10 minutes later, you're on test track. That's that's unheard of. <laughs> so that's impressive timing. Yeah, he reports 7.09 on his Twitter, but yeah, still. Okay, either way, I mean, even within 15 minutes, that's crazy good. Well, I mean, Epcot, once again, was slower, way slower than expected, apparently. Mm -hmm. So, let's just see the time frame right there. I'm looking for it right quick. He said it was 7. Yeah. Well, that, that was one of the shorter waits of the days. I don't know what single rider was at that point in time, but the observed wait for just the regular queue was about 25 wow, really? minutes at that point. Yeah, Yeah. well, that explains it. There you it have does it. Show it. It does show it observed going up to 60, but that might have been just what was showing on the... Uh, the sign at that time like there were you know how disney tends to anticipate what it's about to be based yeah. on people in line right so it may have still been somewhere in the 25 minute range at that point maybe right. that's what it is wow wow that, yeah that was that was definitely good timing it's always good to end with spaceship earth so you're right at the exit too that's always because you know when we did it based on what fast passes we could get we had to kind of zigzag and it's it's nice when you can time it where you can just go out with Spaceship Earth. But he he gets back to Magic Kingdom. I I don't think there's a a whole lot to say. Um, you know, the Magic Kingdom rush is the Magic Kingdom rush. We pulled uh, here. It looks like fast passes for Space Mountain, Magic Carpets of Aladdin, Pirates of the Caribbean, Small World, and Space Ranger Spin. Everything else was a standby. By arriving at 8.40 p.m., so Space Mountains, when he got on 8.40, he was done at midnight, so that means he had three hours and 20 minutes, and he needed to get, let's see, at that point, he would have needed to get 18 rides done, and he got 15 of them done in three and a half hours. So yeah. his speed there at Magic Kingdom was 15 rides in three and a half hours. So a decent pace, I would say. Yeah, it was good he was able to get Space Mountain Fast Pass, so that cut down time there. Looks like he worked his way through Fantasyland, Adventureland, and then worked his way back to Tomorrowland to finish. Yeah, so he didn't do a lot of zigzagging either. Uh, he did a little bit of that, but not too bad. So yeah, it, it kind of was a good flow there. So yeah, too bad he wasn't able to get the other three. Yeah, I would say congratulations, though, to Nick Miller for being able to teleport on a Slinky Dog and for having incredible <laughs> uh, pace. I mean, this was the best pace of the day. Yeah, Obviously, he had fast passes, and one of the teams did not. But, uh, yeah, he, he was as farther along at midnight than the other teams were. Yeah, he could have been chilling for a long time, waiting on everybody else to finish. Yeah. So, pretty cool. Congratulations, Nick. Yeah, good job. Now let's let's get to a completion. All right. Okay. So December 5th, 2018 was the last completion before this. Mm -hmm. And okay. this completion completed at 1.44 a.m. And it was the last completion for another 16 minutes before there was another completion. Yeah. But uh, this was uh, M.W. Disney. 
and uh, just like everyone else, started off at Magic Kingdom at 8 a.m. and rode Main Street Vehicles. Immediately hops over for Rope Drop over at Hollywood Studios. Yep. Rides three rides at Hollywood Studios. Slinky Dog Dash, Midway Mania with a Fast Pass, and Rock and Roller Coaster. Hmm. Then has to hop to Epcot. Goes uh, to Epcot and does everything at Epcot. Starting from 10.06 a.m. to 1.04 p.m. A very nice time. Uh, using fast passes for Soren, Spaceship Earth, Living with the Land, Journey into Imagination, and the Seas. After completing Epcot, makes a hop over to uh, Animal Kingdom at 1.48 p.m. Leaves at 4.38 p.m. Completing Animal Kingdom. Arriving back at Magic Kingdom at 5.22 p.m. to do the Isle- Tom Sawyer Island rafts and the Liberty Square Riverboat. Before jumping back to Hollywood Studios to finish the last three that were left off earlier in the day. And then hopping back to magic kingdom arriving at 8 27 p.m at that point ride 27 was the people mover and then from there it was the mad dash to the finish where at 1 44 a.m mw disney boarded astro orbiter the 46th ride of the day and a parkeology completion wow congratulations i can't help but think that the reason for people mover being the first choice was probably out of exhaustion with all those hops. <laughs> oh, you mean for coming back for the final <laughs> yeah, push? Yeah, when they came back. I was like, I think that was on purpose. Did, yeah. Although they do go all the way across park to Jungle Cruise next, so. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's always some defense to play with People Mover because you never know what's going to happen. Is it going to go down? Yeah. I, I want to say I remember this. I want to check. I believe she also got a picture with the People Mover celebrity. <laughs> the cone. Uh, the cone. <laughs> The cone head. You always see the cone. Yeah, the cone riding in the people mover. The cone has its own Twitter following as well, so. Yeah, she did. She got a picture of the celebrity, the people mover (laughs) celebrity. (laughs) Nice. So, yeah, what do we think of this run? First of all, we started off 8 a.m. What do we think of the idea of street vehicles and hop? How do we think about that? Um, Um, We've seen people do it before. I think Ken's done it several times, right? So Yeah. Yeah, well, what about the choice to dr- ride nothing else, though? I mean, that was the safe play, right? We yeah. didn't uh, we didn't try to fit anything else in. You want to make sure you're the first one in line for Slinky Dog. Right. Yeah, I think that's the safe play. I think if you want to be... I, I, I think we should be a little risky if, like, you and I tried this. I think we should try to at least get one other thing in. I'm not sure what that would be necessarily, but... Main Street think, vehicles and something else. I'm gonna say I think if you're riding Main Street vehicles all the way down to the end, why not? You know, uh, you know you're not gonna get mine trained. You're probably your best next best bet is Peter Pan, right? I mean, you're right there. If you can yeah, get through I the castle. Yeah, I feel like on a on a short hour day, for sure, you gotta take some chances. This is an 18 hour day, so I mean. That's true. Play it safe there. Doesn't, you could play it safe, yeah. but I think this is one of the areas where Nick gained on her. Um, because he got a three rides done before he left. Granted, he did not make Slinky Dog rope drop, yeah. but he had that magical Slinky Dog 20-minute wait, so yeah. it all worked out. I think it depends on where Main Street Vehicle, whichever one you're on, drops you off, because when when Jason and I did the Omnibus, it dropped us off like at Adventureland. Like, you could run over and do the Magic Carpets, probably, be the only thing you could do that's short 
And then if it drops you off like by Tomorrowland, you could run and do maybe Buzz or something or Astro Orbiter and run back. I don't know. Yeah, maybe it's a matter of proximity where the Main Street vehicle dumps you out. Yeah, that's a good thought. Because uh, towards Liberty Square, there's nothing like you can't. There's nothing except maybe trying to go the back way to Peter Pan. Maybe run or you that way. Took a nice sprint to Haunted Mansion. Yeah. Although I feel like Haunted Mansion would be too long. I don't know. Really too long. Uh, at that point of the day, nah. Well, like the you have to go through the whole stretching room and then the whole ride and then you got to come out. Oh, I, you're I, talking I, about yeah. Yeah, the time. Yeah, I, I want to do something quick, like a Peter Pan, the Asteroid, or maybe, or Magic Carpets, something like that. Be really quick, and then well, I'm, get I'm out of there. not to. I don't want to spoiler alert, but <laughs> right, wait till I, you see what our oxygen-free people try. Yeah, so coming Which, up soon. Who wants a spoiler? All right, so let's keep going here. So we we hop to Hollywood Studios. Yeah, and we're there. She does three, and she hops away because, uh, as we mentioned earlier, Alien Swirling Saucers was down uh, uh, for most of the sense. morning. So rather than wait for it to come back up, she just decides, I'm going to come back. I'm going to go ahead and hop to Epcot uh, and get it, get that done. Yeah. I'm curious as to what the Tower of Terror weight was at this time because she was right there after Rock and Roller Coaster. Why not try that? I don't know. I'm just thinking. The Tower of Terror was a pretty long wait. About 20 minutes after she got off, we'll see that they waited about 50 minutes to an hour for Tower of Terror, uh, our oxygen-free folks. Yeah, I guess I kind of understand it because Saucers was down. You don't want to just linger. But I feel like you could have tried. Maybe she did try for a while pulling, trying to get Star Tours or something just come up and maybe just like forget it i'm going to epcot now so um, what what time does uh the world showcase open 10 o'clock right 11 11 yeah okay 11 so it opens later so what i do notice is that by hopping this early she was able to get on frozen ever after without a fast pass at 10 6 a.m yeah well yeah, frozen Frozen's open yeah though it yeah park open, open the park yeah, it doesn't matter. Right. But you, if you can get there before World Showcase opens, you have a better chance of getting that standby like she did. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, suppose. This, the standby actually, historically for Frozen, is pretty low in the first hour. And it looks yes. like Epcot was lower crowd anyway, so maybe she was looking at wait times and was like, let's just get Epcot going before it gets too crowded. Yeah. It was a very, very good Epcot yeah. Uh, it was under three hours. I think anything under three hours, admirable at Epcot. Lots of good fast passes in there. Soren was in there. Spaceship Earth, Live with the Land, Journey into Imagination and the Seas. So yeah, a pretty good Epcot. And then we hop over to Animal Kingdom, and it's under three hours. Yeah. So two hours and 50 minutes from first ride to last ride. So that's pretty good. Uh, pulling an Avatar, Flight of Passage, Fast Pass, but as we saw, those seem to have been somewhat more plentiful that day. Yeah. A little bit of hopping around as far as having to run to and from Pandora, to and from Dino Land a little bit. It wasn't quite as nicely planned as you would have wanted it to be, but you know that's just going to add to the soreness and step count. Yeah. Yeah, it looks like she definitely had a more step count than... And what we first saw, the first uh, run, 
What was his By name? Nick. Yeah. From Nick, yeah. By the way, I went and looked. Frozen didn't even have a half hour wait until 11 a.m. that day. Oh, wow. Well, that's pretty good. So that was well timed. I, I think it was a good pick to, to hop over Epcot. to Epcot um, if you're deciding, hey, I'm. Because you didn't know Ailing's Rolling Saucers were going to be back up an hour later. If she'd have known that, she could have stayed. And had, But, you know, you just didn't know. And you're yeah. like, I know I'm going to get the best weights I'm ever going to get at Epcot right now. Let me just get it done. What do you think you would have done, Jason? Would you have tried to stay and pull more, like, Tower of Terror and Star Tours and wait it around? I or... think if we... We would have had to set a cutoff. And if we couldn't pull Tower of Terror, we hop. Right, yeah. because looking at this, this this adds to my repertoire of try to get over to Epcot as early as possible to get that low Frozen Ever After wait time if you can, if you're not competent in your Hollywood Studios completion. Yeah, because it's not that long of a hop; it's a quick hop. Yeah, it's interesting though, because if you decide to leave, it makes you have to come back. And you know, she did an Animal Kingdom to Magic Kingdom to Hollywood Studios back to Magic Kingdom hop. So that's a lot of back and forth. That's that's going to wear you out. But, you know, you do what you got to do. I mean, she's still completed. She, she, ha- she had the time that day to do those hops. So we finish Animal Kingdom. There's not a whole lot to, to talk about there. I think it's a pretty good standard run. Yeah. Getting back, getting in Tom Sawyer Island Rest and Liberty Square Riverboat, great. Finish those at 6 p.m. with enough time, like you said, to hop back to Hollywood Studios, pulling a Tower of Terror Fast Pass, a Star Tours Fast Pass, and doing a very easy, quick standby on Alien Swirling Saucers. So we're done with three parks at 7.43 p.m., which means that we had a nice hop, and we're getting back to Magic Kingdom at 8.27 p.m. with 20 rides to go. So she pulls off 20 rides in five and a half hours. I see, yeah. Uh, let's see. People, yeah, People Mover start. Get some of the long ones out of the way. Jungle Cruise, People Mover, Pirates. That makes sense. That's, I think that's what I would want to do is get some of those long ones out. And, uh, Carousel of Progress was at 11.21, so, yeah. Sport of Mine Train Fast Pass, I see, as well. Yeah, that's pretty good. Get that yeah. in there. I like ending with Astro Orbiter. I, I don't know why. You know, Mine Train's a good one to end on, too, but... It's. I think Astro World is a fun one to end on. Yeah, it would be. It, we didn't even ride it on our run. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think this was an excellent ride. I know I texted you somewhere middle of this run, and I'm like, I think she's going to do it because she was on a good pace. She had lots of time available. Um, when she hopped back to Magic Kingdom at the end, and I saw you have 8.27 p.m., you've got five and a half hours for 20 rides. That is a definitively doable pace. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm just you don't have to, to move, you know, especially if you can route plan and optimize. You can get that done quickly. Yeah, the only issue would be if something went down, you know, that, that's going to be the, the unknown factor. But didn't you say there was some issues with Splash Mountain at one point during the night? I yeah, thought... I think there was, you know, there, there were some, Intermittent. some issues on a few rides, but nothing went down for a substantial amount of time. As far as I can tell, so yeah, that's good. So it was a nice, smooth Magic Kingdom. I will applaud MW Disney. I would be. Uh, I wish I was in your shoes. Uh, you did a completion. I think this would have been great for us to have done. But yeah. like I said, we didn't have those extra three hours. Right. 
Still though, you guys completed how many was it in eleven? By and about was it a wasn't it eleven? Thirty late hours at night. Yeah. Yeah, eleven was the late hours at night. We completed thirty six, and I guess we can feel better that at p.m. she was at thirty six. Oh yeah, yeah, that's true. There you have it. And she rode seven doors my train at eleven. Yeah, that's funny. Big congrats to her for for being the first completion of the year. So that's awesome. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. So I, I know those were two recaps. I think they were great. But the main event. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, the, top, the, the bottom of the card. The, 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 the big fight was the Oxygen Free Challenge. Yeah. We have famed naturalist. We have Epic Disney. Shane and Christina go Epic. in. No fast passes. There is a lot to talk about here from a strategic standpoint. Yeah. These guys are experts. Yeah. So let's recap the run. 7.59 a.m., Main Street Vehicles. 8.04 a.m., Jungle Cruise. 8.15 a.m., Magic Carpets of Aladdin. Park Hop. We're now at Hollywood Studios, where we do Slinky Dog Dash at 8.55 a.m. as a road drop. 9.11 a.m., Toy Story Midway Mania. 9.28 a.m., Star Tours. 9.48 a.m., Rock and Roller Coaster. Then the longest wait of the day, 10.48 a.m., Tower of Terror, and 11.39 a.m., Alien Swirling Saucers. Done with Hollywood Studios. Hop back to Magic Kingdom, where we ride three rides, Tom Sawyer Island Rafts, Liberty Square Riverboat, and Carousel of Progress. Hmm. That was ridden at 12.57 p.m., and then you hop over to Epcot, where we ride everything at Epcot, starting with Test Track on Single Rider, followed by Mission Space, Grand Fiesta, Frozen Ever After, Journey into Imagination, Spaceship Earth, The Seas, Living with the Land, and Soaring Around the World. At this point, we're at 5.06 p.m. Then you jump to Animal Kingdom. How are you going to do Animal Kingdom before it closes at 9.30? I'll tell you. Primeval World, Dinosaur, Triteratops Spin, Expedition Everest, Cali River Rapids, Kilimanjaro Safaris, Navi River Journey, and then at 9.41 p.m., as the park's closing, you ride Avatar Flight of Passage. Hop back Smart. to Magic Kingdom. You're on your 30th ride of the day at 10.39 p.m. You have three and a half hours. You need to ride 17 rides? No problem. At 2.06 a.m., you get on Seven Dwarves Mine Train, completing your 46th ride. Zero yeah. fast passes. Absolutely impressive. That took a lot of incredibly well-timed events to happen. I mean, a lot of it, I'm sure, was not completely in their control, but it, you know, they had everything go right when it needed to. Huge. Oh, so they weren't even worried then by then. Okay. Yeah. So I would say the keys to this game, they minimize standby times, obviously. Duh. Yeah. Right? But the optimization in this route was impressive. I just want to point out as we, I mean, we're going to go through the run like we did, but I want to point out the Animal Kingdom portion. Yeah. Primeval World, Dinosaur, Triceratops Spin. All Dino Land, right? Back to yeah. back to back. Then you just keep walking around the park. You hit Expedition Everest. Then you walk over to Kali River Rapids. Then you walk to Kilimanjaro Safaris. Then Navi. Then Avatar. They literally just did a circle of the park. Yeah. I was going to say, I noticed early on, especially proximity made a big difference in the whole thing, really. 
I bet you that Main Street vehicles probably let them out at Adventureland like you were talking about, and that's why they did Jungle Cruise and Magic Carpets. Yeah. I would have never thought to do Jungle Cruise there, and it's brilliant because there's no there's not a lot of people doing it. Right. You're not going to wait on the boat to right. get back into port. You're not waiting on all the groups in front of you. You're going to be like the only boat out there. Yeah, right. May even, they may have even been on the first boat. Yeah. But like I said, I noticed proximity made a difference in all these. Wow. Look at Hollywood Studios. That's smart. You go to Slinky Dog. Midway Mania is the next closest. Star Tour is the next closest because Alien Swirling Saucers was down. Yeah. Then you got to go all the way over to Rock and Roller Coaster, Tower of Terror is right next to this, and you have to kind of circle back to get Alien Swirling Saucers. Otherwise, they probably would have done this in a little bit better time. Yeah. Yeah, if, it, if Saucers was open, they would have, yeah. Because they're, they're definitely doing proximity. They're attempting to in some of these cases. So... We talked about with Disney MW. She did Main Street Vehicles and then hopped. They did three rides at Magic Kingdom, hopped, and still made Rope Drop. They got oh, on Slinky yeah. Dog the same time she did. And very different from Nick, who did the Seven Dwarfs, Peter Pan, Main Street Vehicles, and left. It took him a lot longer to get those three out of the way than it did them doing Jungle Cruise and Magic Carpet's Main Street Vehicle first, of course, but... I could be wrong, but given this group, I bet you there was, at least at points, if not at all points, uh, maybe some light jogging going on between uh, rides. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Power walking to the max, yeah. I would say I would say more like jogging for real. I mean, I've seen, you've seen the full videos of the original Parkeologies, and Shane is one of those. And in some of those cases, they were literally running <laughs> to get to the next destination. Yeah. So... I can't say we didn't have a light jog here and there, so. Yeah, I mean, not in the parks, didn't bowl anybody over, but, you know. Parking lots. Parking sure. lots. Yeah, we, we, we jogged. But going back to the strategy part, too, look, when they go back to Magic Kingdom after doing Hollywood Studios, they're like, well, we got to get the rafts and the riverboat out of the way because it's not going to be open by the time we come back. And then they choose the longest duration to yeah. get it done with. Right. I mean, it's it, that's not. I don't think that's just coincidence. I think they purposefully said, "Hey, we're going to get the one that has the longest yeah. ride time out of the way as well." Yeah, that, I think I that, was that was a, that was a very unique choice, and that was definitely something that I don't think anyone else would have done. Yeah. It is a bit of defense too. I'm not exactly sure when Carousel of Progress was closing that day, but you know, what time are we getting back to? Ma they got back to Magic Kingdom at 10:39 p.m. But right. they're saying, you know. If we get back late, we don't want to have to worry about having to fit that in exactly. right away. Right, because they would have had to go straight there probably, or at least they would think, you know, you have to get it in early. Yeah. And the whole proximity thing I'm looking at there as well. Okay, so they hit test track because it's the anticipated longest wait, right, even with single rider. So Mission Space is the, probably the, is the next closest one. It's right next door. Usually not a long wait time get it. The next one down that row, even though it's on the other side, is Grand Fiesta Tour, and then right next to it is Frozen Ever After. Well, you see what I mean? They, yeah. they did keep it close, and then they had to journey into imagination, believe it or not, to get to the other side is the next is the next shortest point. Mm -hmm. So it all makes sense to me. They were taking shortest points in a lot of these scenarios. Yeah. Yeah. People started to get worried on their Tower of Terror weight, but they had tweeted out, this is this was expected. Some people said, how did they plan? I saw that uh, Shane tweeted out that, you know, a lot of practice runs with stopwatches. So he's been there a lot. 
and he has timed exactly how long it takes at different times of the day, how long it takes to walk between places. Wow. Right. Yeah. And so. look at this. Th- consider this. Okay, when I was talking about the shortest distance in between, Journey into Imagination, once you hit that, you kind of go, it's almost like a triangle shape. You go and hit Spaceship Earth, then you come back to the seas, and then they circle back really into the land to finish it off anticipating that the last the last longest wait they were going to have remaining was going to be Soren. Yeah. So I want to point out, so we, we sort of went through, they did the three, they go to Hollywood Studios. So they did the three Magic Kingdom, go to Hollywood Studios, come back and do the three, or the two early closers at Magic Kingdom plus Carousel Progress. Now we go to Epcot. Epcot was a three hour and nine minute from first ride to last ride. Yeah. With no fast passes. Wow. Compare that to... The fastest Epcot of the day was two and a half hours. The second was MW Disney fanned just under three hours. So they were not that much slower than MW Disney with no fast passes because, yeah. you know, you time you time at a part of the day where you're going to get the shortest wait times. And you also just happen to get a bit lucky in that right. you have a low crowd that day. Right. Yeah, I was going to say it was, I mean, it three, was three numbers lower. <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. going to be a 7 out of 10, and it ended up being a 4. Right. Looking back at the Hollywood Studios part, though, I think their biggest break of the day was being able to get on Tower of Terror, have that hour wait, because it gave Alien Saucers the time to get back up, because it came back up around the time they got finished and got back over there. Oh, if if Alien Swirling Saucers doesn't go down, they crush Hollywood Studios. Yeah. Completely. But it could have killed their run if it didn't come back up yeah. right away. They would have had to leave. Right. You yeah. know. They were off Tower of Terror by like 10.53 or something. And so they were, they're not going to wait an hour for it to come back up. So it just happened to be perfect timing that it came back up at the right time. I would say the thing that impressed me a lot was that that Flight of Passage was timed perfectly yeah. to be yeah. right at the end of the day. Yep. Um yeah, that's perfect and timing. Just the route planning. I also will point out they got back to Magic Kingdom the latest of any group, and they had a really good Magic Kingdom runtime. I mean, they la- they landed back at ten thirty nine p.m. Now, granted, they come back post fireworks, so the other groups were playing some of their times with a pre fireworks crowd. Yeah, right, right. Um, so they're playing with a post fireworks crowd, which is a different crowd, but seventeen rides in three and a half hours. And I want to look at the sequencing. Notice that the, like, what you would call the big, big boy rides, the ones that take the the longest waits usually, they saved until, like, 1 o'clock in the morning once everybody sort of emptied out. Right? We don't hit Big Thunder till 12.55 a.m. We don't hit Peter Pan's flight till 1.27. We do Space Mountain at 1.37. Yeah. 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 I kind of feel like Smart. looking at this, I would have thought somewhere along the same lines, like we get back at the park, it's probably still somewhat busy. People mover makes sense to get done with. But then they probably looked around and said, we're not going to have a weighted journey at a Little Mermaid. Yeah. They were uh, probably looking at the app too, just saying, All right, yeah. what's the shortest weight? Right. There's like, you know, it's semi-close. We'll just go there and take it out. Yeah. You know? I think the if... carousel is probably not that, probably wasn't that much of a weight mm-hmm. at that point. Yeah, I think before midnight you got to play that what is the shortest wait game and hop around until the right. crowd dies down at that midnight to 2 a.m. and you just sort of well, do whatever. 
I think it was a combination. I think what's the closest shortest weight? Like what's the combination of the two? Mm-hmm. Like what short weight is can we get to in this amount of time for this a reasonable amount of time? Yeah. You know? Cuz they basically did a circle of the park again. People mover, mermaid, carousel, haunted mansion, splash mountain, pirates, and then they came back around to tea party, did the storybook circus. Right, because you would think after going to People Mover, they're looking around. I'm like, okay, is there a short wait here? Probably not, <laughs> no matter what they looked at, whether it be Buzz or Space Mountain. I mean, that was the only other two they had left, right? Yeah. If you look, they look at those two and they're like, there's nothing reasonable. That's when you start taking that trek to Fantasyland. So, yep, get some. You can get a lot done, knocked out uh, after midnight at Fantasyland. I will point out that at least according to the the spreadsheet, twelve fifty five a.m. you're on Big Thunder, one and four a.m. you're on Small World. That's that's booking it. <laughs> that is really booking it. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. I totally get that near to midnight Splash Mountain time though, because usually late at night for whatever reason Splash Mountain usually does have low wait times. Regardless, I don't know what it was at that point, but it had to be pretty low. I feel like to get from Big Thunder to Small World that quick, you just dove into the rivers of America and swam across. Well, Big Thunder is a very short yeah, ride time. So, small. and there wouldn't have been a crowd to push through at that yeah. point. So. Right? They probably did jog. <laughs> yeah, you have that lower pathway too that is out of the main area that you probably could just run, literally run that way, because there won't yeah. be anybody on that pathway closest to the river. Oh, I would think at this point they probably are doing some just flat-out running. I mean, this... All I can say is, wow. Yeah, the, it's impressive. I mean, just impressive. I mean, Most these, these guys have been... been uh, it was in the Orlando Sentinel the next day. There's uh, someone who ran the, runs the challenge who wrote up something quick. They've been in a UK newspaper. If they're listening, I want to say that we've definitely... Got, we definitely support you guys. We are impressed. We are believers. I know there's been some negativity posted on some of these news articles where people don't believe these guys did it, think that they made it up. But oh, I'll I tell you, these guys are the real deal. I know they did it. This is impressive. This is a testament to something that will probably never happen again. There will probably never be another perfect opportunity like this to do an oxygen-free archaeology run. Yeah. Yeah. Now this is legit. I can. I mean, you can just tell by the, the timing of everything. It was well planned, very well planned, and you know, again, everything went their way. The alien yeah, saucers and you know, a lot of the good breaks they got. You know, in all fairness, though, they did have at least we know of at least one bad break. There might have been more that they overcame. Yeah, yeah I'm sure there was. Yeah, you know, it sort of blew up Disney Twitter. Well, it blew up the Parkyology Twitter. Everybody was was so excited about this um, because I think I was like most people. I did not think they had a chance. I texted Adam yeah. that, to watch MW Disney because I thought she was going to finish, but I never put it in my head that they stood a chance until like midnight. And I stayed up way too late. I was traveling last week for work. <laughs> I needed to be up early. That next day I was useless. I stayed up way too late watching Twitter, trying to see if these guys would finish. I mean, it was exciting. I yeah. say, if you were useless, just imagine what they were. Gosh. Yeah. Can you imagine after 18 yeah. hours? In fact, they might still be asleep. <laughs> right. I go to bed for a week. 
after that. Yeah. I don't so know. yeah, I, I think these were all three great runs. It was a fun day to run. There's been some runs since then, but we wanted to break down this day just because the excitement of a finish. Yeah. But I think we were going to test this out. I think we should we should bring in what we're going to call the what what do you want to call this? The big decision, the MVP, yeah. the 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 top point brought to you by insert sponsor here, right guys? Yeah. <laughs> right, right. shop.spreadshirt.com, right? That's our yeah, sponsor right. at the moment. Sure. Um, Slash TWT and podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so, pick either, any of these three runs. And let's go around and let's just pick what we're going to say is our the decision point that we think either made or broke the day for these challengers. You can pick one of the challengers one point what to you was the biggest decision point that you're like, that is where it changed. So who wants to go first, Adam? Sure. For the no oxygen, I think it was the decision to stick around or really just the timing for alien soiling saucers to keep at it and, and not leave Hollywood studios. Cause that would have killed the run. Cause that was early in the day. That could have really put a damper in your spirits too, to think, is this ever going to come back up? What's going to happen? And the timing was just perfect because that, that definitely would have make or break their run there. Yeah, I could see. I mean, it's kind of like sticking to your guns when it came to the Hollywood Studios yeah. you know, part because you really can't afford to wait too much longer to see what happens there. I don't know. To me, I just I still see, just like I've, I've kind of said it before, I, I think the shortest distance between rides that you can possibly get, like the combination of short distance and short wait times, I I really feel like that was a factor, a big factor in their strategy just from looking at it. Yeah. You know, what's close to me. And we've seen in the past with Hollywood Studios, the people who have gotten out of Hollywood Studios the best have gone with what's the closest. They started with Toy Story Land. They knocked it out. Star Tours is the next closest. They hit it. Then they went to the, um, the big boys, you know. Yeah. So... Okay. Well, for me, I think there were some big decision points on each of these runs. I was super impressed, obviously, with Nick Miller's time. I just wish he had had the extra magic hours. I was super impressed with uh, MW Disney finishing. But I would say my top one, it's a little bit different from yours, Adam, but coming from the Oxygen Free Run, the point where I was just like, wow, they're going to do it. Because I was like, yeah, but, yeah, but. And my but was... What about Flight of Passage? And when it became crystal clear what that strategy was, basically close out Animal Kingdom, when I realized that Animal Kingdom, what its closing time was, the timing they had on that, that is the point where I was like, they're going to do this. This this could happen. Because that was always the, yeah, you're going to get everything but Flight of Passage, right? Yeah. Well, they also... Where it was fortunate how the crowd level worked out at Animal Kingdom. I know we talked about Epcot, but that that crowd level worked out in their favor as well. Yeah, but I mean, if anything had happened and they had to, you know, like uh, the safari ran long or something, they may not have had time to do both Navi River and Flight of Passage. Everything went very smoothly for it to work out. Yeah, they hit their benchmarks. They had their stopwatches. I mean, it was. That was the point where I think I started to, to believe that it was possible. I that couldn't have imagined their strategy. 
Right. It appears as though the wait time for Flight of Passage, at least uh, observed anyway, was pretty consistent the very last, what, like hour or so. And they mm. had it at 75 minutes. I, I kind of doubt they waited quite that long. I think that might have been, when it says observed times, I think they may have caught a little bit shorter wait times in that time frame. Mm -hmm. I find it I'm hard sure to they did. I kind of find it hard to believe it was consistently 75 minutes for the whole hour. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, I'm sure they still have, you know, it's it's Seven Dwarfs Mind Train disease too at the end of the night from posted to actual as well on those rides. They're just trying right. to keep people from getting in line. Right. right, and if you hit that moment before they start, uh, what should we say, closing the ride, uh, and by that I mean like they start decreasing the capacity without your noticing that they're decreasing the capacity, um, that sort of thing. Mm. So if yeah. you hit it at the right timing before they start doing that, it might actually move a little faster too. Hmm. You know what the, is interesting too about this oxygen-free run is it makes you feel like, because they definitely did their homework, that there's some lessons we can take from this as just average daily guests that there are patterns that can be measured and that seem to be very repeatable because they were able to have everything go pretty smoothly that if you know the right timing, you can even go through without fast passes. All right, I want you to picture for a moment, Adam, yeah. Uh, you trying to execute this strategy <laughs> with your wife and two two kids. Into, okay. Uh, yeah, never mind. There's no point. But maybe there's <laughs> so, some things you can take from it. Yeah, there are some things. And here's the thing that I, I mean, I didn't mention this earlier, but someone tweeted this as well. You're right. When you usually do this challenge, you're on your phone the whole time. Yeah. You're looking for fast passes. Right. There's got to be something to be said that they rode all 46. They weren't looking for fast passes. They got to ride the rides. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. The way it was meant to be. No doubt they were looking at wait times anyway they possibly could, though. I'm sure. So you mean on Rock and Roller Coaster they were not looking at their phone? Interesting. Yeah, like me. <laughs> right. Fast pass. <laughs> exactly. I think hmm. there's something to be said, too, for having, like I say, a plan in place and sticking to it because... I really feel like, especially looking at the Hollywood studios, they went to each ride that they intended. Like this, they're like, this is first, this is second, this is third, with the exception of Alien Swirling Saucers. I really feel like they would have. I think they would have probably done Swirling Saucers third was probably the original plan. Right. Yeah. Of Star Tours. Yeah, I'm sure it was. So, taking that that plan and just sticking to the plan, say this is hit this point, this point, this point, and just doing it. Yeah. I think that early on, you know, a ride going down can be, can like hurt your morale quite a bit. So, there are no, there are no uh, newbies to that. Happening. That's true. I mean, the first time that Parkeology completed, they were rope dropping the great movie ride, or, or, or no, they were rope dropping, no, they were rope dropping what was uh, Midway Mania, and it, it wasn't open at rope drop. And so they yeah. had to figure out what to do. They still completed that day. Yeah. Oh wow, yeah. And I don't I don't know because obviously they're not here, we're not talking to him, but I really feel like when I looked at that on the the Epic Disney Fame Naturalist, the one they did, I really feel like the Main Street vehicles, they based what ride they went to next on where it dumped them out. I really do. 
Mm-hmm. I feel like they got dumped out in front of Adventureland that said, okay, we're going to hit what we can at Adventureland and then leave. Yeah. I really feel like Well, if, if they're listening and they want to come on the show, I mean... Yeah, so at TWTM Podcast is our... Confirm my suspicions. Yes. Yeah, so you can get in touch with us if you like, and we can go through your run with you, and uh, you can tell us all about your strategy and how you uh, completed such an amazing feat. Oh, yes. So, on social media, we have Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all at TWTM Podcast. We also have a Spreadshirt store, that is shop.spreadshirt.com slash TWTM Podcast, where you can get your exclusive Traveling with a Mouse merchandise. So, we also have an email address that you can email us, podcast at travelingwiththemouse.com. So, if you want to email us, that's how you can get in touch with us. Our website is travelingwiththemouse.com. We also have a Patreon page if you want to help support the show that way, patreon.com slash TWTM podcast. So for John, Jason, and me, Adam, this has been Traveling with the Mouse, and we will see you on our next trip. <laughs>